is uh, these scriptures that we've been talking about here in the book of Acts. I want to um, just um, stir up your faith for whatever you may be believing God for. And then, as I said, we want to spend our time in prayer tonight. Uh, but before we can begin, I want us to understand, probably most of you do already, but I want us to understand that there is a difference between being born of the Spirit and being baptized in the Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, in verse uh, 4 and 5, it said, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence or from now. Amen. Uh, throughout the New Testament, uh, there is an established pattern of the people, first of all, being born of the Spirit and then being baptized of the Spirit. Amen. Uh, Brother Joshua, would you mind helping me? I, this thing is ringing, and I don't know if you can hear it out there, but one time hearing me is enough. I'll have to echo three or four times. Uh, Appreciate that, brother. There is a, a ongoing example here of being born of the Spirit and then being baptized of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit and is clearly different than being baptized. When a person is born in the, of the Spirit, they receive the gift of eternal life. Uh, it is um, then that we be, are baptized in the Spirit the scripture declares that we receive power. Amen. And so this is a pattern that first of all uh, is an earthly pattern of the Lord Jesus. We see it here and then it continues in the life of the apostles uh, throughout the book of Acts. Jesus was first of all born of the spirit. He, his virgin birth was supernatural work of God. It was uh, of the Spirit. And then we see that he is baptized of the Spirit. Being born of the Spirit, he was uh, righteous and he was the Holy Son of God. But he did not do miracles until he received uh, the power or the infilling of the Spirit. And so uh, his disciples were first of all born of the Spirit and then they were baptized in the Spirit. Today, God offers us the baptism of the Holy Ghost to everyone who has been baptized or, or has received the Spirit or born in the Spirit. In other words, we have accepted Him as Savior and Lord of our lives, right? And so what did Jesus tell us here in, uh, about re the relationship with the Holy Spirit? I'm going to give you several scriptures here tonight because faith comes how? by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so I just want to build up your faith tonight. John chapter 14 and verse 17. And I will pray the father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. Here is a shift that is taking place. 
he is telling his disciples, his apostles, that, that you know this helper, you know the Holy Spirit because he has been upon you, you have been born of the Spirit, and, and he said he is even, the Holy Spirit has been upon you, but he said that there's a shift coming, and not only will he be upon you, but he will be in you, amen? And so after you're born of the Spirit, as a child of God, you also can experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In John, in Acts 1 and 5, it said John was uh, baptized in water, but he said, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so he tells us here there is a difference between them. I know that in our society today that many people are confused about this, but there really is a difference between the two. Acts 11 and verse 15, he said, And as they began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, and as upon us at the beginning, and then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Uh, if therefore God gave them the same gift he was uh, gave to us, then we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was that that I could withstand God. In other words, he's telling them, he said, we felt this same anointing, this same presence that came upon us in the beginning. And then I remembered what John said, that there would come a day where Jesus said that John baptizes with water, but there's another baptism that's about to take place and, and being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we, we today need to understand that Jesus paid a great price so the Holy Spirit could come to us. And so it isn't something that we should take lightly. It isn't something like on a car, you take it or leave it. But if we did not need it, then he would have never sent it to us. And, and so we today need to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people are concerned about dying, but if I were you, I'd be concerned about living. Amen. Because dying's going to take care of itself. There isn't nothing you can do about heaven, nothing you can do about hell. If you've committed your life to Christ, if you're born of the Spirit, there's nothing the enemy can do, amen, to stop you from going to heaven. But the reality is I need the power of the Holy Spirit here in the now to be able to face the enemy and face circumstances and obstacles that come up in my life today because in heaven I, there won't be no devil to fight. In heaven, there'll be no sickness to deal with. In heaven, there'll be no division. There'll be no quarreling. There'll be no bickering and fighting. There'll be nothing there that, that will, I will need the power for because in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. Amen. That means there's nothing missing and there's nothing that I need, but there's perfect peace. And so, but it's here in the now where I'm living today that I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that I can overcome the work of the enemy. Amen. In Luke chapter four, in verse one, it said, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus himself received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He never did any miracles because he was the son of God. Every miracle that he did, he did because he was empowered of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
I want to read this, uh, John chapter 2 and verse 9. It said, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water uh, that was made wine, and they knew not whence it had come, but the servants which drew the water knew, and the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, every man that uh, being beginning doeth set forth the good wine. When men have uh, well drunk, then they take the worse but you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning, the miracles of Jesus and Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his, miracle, uh, his glory and his disciples believed on him. Amen. When did the miracles begin? After Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so that says to me that, that I cannot do what God wants me to do unless I receive the Holy Spirit in my life. It does not mean that I can't do anything, but it does mean that I can accomplish all that God has for me. When I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, He will empower me because it is not based upon my natural ability to produce or to perform. It is based upon the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me that assures that the will of the Father will be accomplished in my life. Amen? And so Jesus uh, does miracles not as uh, a man, but does miracles because he was anointed to do miracles. In Acts 2 and verse 22, he said, You men of Israel, you hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. How did Jesus do the miracles? He did the miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Amen. Acts 10 and 38. And so he is not doing this because he is the son of God. He, he relinquished that uh, when he came down, right, to earth. He did not do anything because he was the son of God. He, he set aside that in heaven. But he came here as a man and everything that we see Jesus doing, he does not do because he is the son of God, but he does because he is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers him to do signs, wonders, and miracles. And so we need this infilling of the Holy Spirit today. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, it said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so all of these are done because Jesus was anointed of the Holy Ghost to preach the word, to set at liberty those who are bruised, to heal the brokenhearted, to perform miracles. He did all of these things uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need that Holy Spirit working in our lives today. Amen. The gift that, of the Holy Spirit then brings us, amen, the spiritual gifts. And one of the spiritual gifts that... Is, 
operates in our life is the gift of faith. Amen. The gift of faith. Uh, it is uh, the greatest of the three gifts of the power faith, power gifts. It is the gift of faith. It is the gift of the Spirit that helps us to receive miracles. Uh, it is, uh, there is different types of faith. There is saving faith. In Ephesians 2 and 8, it says, For by grace are you saved, and through faith that not of ourselves, but he says it is by that work of faith. Amen? And so there is a faith for salvation. Then there's general faith, and that is in Romans 12 and 3. God said that he has dealt to every man a measure of faith, right? And so it's a general faith that increases in us as we feed ourselves, our spirit man, the Word of God. The Bible says that as we receive with meekness the Word of God, our soul is being saved. And then we also, as we just stated a few moments ago, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? And I just want to pastor for a moment and tell you that, that praise and worship music is wonderful and all kinds of music is great and, and that's wonderful. You need, you need that. You need to have a lifestyle of worship, but just as much as you need a lifestyle of worship, you need a study diet of the Word of God. Amen. Because you see, there is something that, that the word of God will do for you that, that worship or music won't do for you. And, and that is, it'll build up your faith. Now people can receive in music. People can receive in times of worship, but it is because you have heard the word of God. Amen. Many times in the scripture, when you read about somebody getting healed or delivered or set free, it, it is uh, uh, set for first in all it, they say, and they heard that Jesus, right? They heard that Jesus and blind Bart got up and got healed. They heard that Jesus and, and, and the little lady with the issue of blood retch out by faith and touched the hem of his garment. How did that happen? It happened in that moment. A, a miracle took place, but it was because they had heard the word. Amen. And so even though it may have not been in letter form at that time, they had heard the word that somebody had been healed. Somebody had been delivered. Somebody had been set free and they believed it. And so it is with us today. We must take and digest the word of God, have a studied diet of the word, because the more you take in, the more that you will be able to overcome your enemy. And that's the reason why we can't overcome sickness. That's the reason why we can't overcome infirmity and disease. And we can't overcome the devil in our life is because we haven't taken in enough word and our faith has not risen, not even our general faith, to believe God's word, right? And as I said last Wednesday night, it isn't the enemy will always talk you into the fact that you don't have enough faith to get healed. You don't have enough faith for God to do something. But if it were about your faith and, then, and having so much faith, then you would never make it. But it isn't about how much faith that you have because that would be producing faith within your, about your faith. But he says to have faith in God. 
have faith in his word, that what he said he will do. Amen. And so it isn't about how great a faith that I have. It's about the faith that I have in the word of God, that if he did it before, he's still doing it now. And so therefore I can believe that if God done it before, he will do it now. I can believe that if I've heard it in prayer, if I have read the word and I receive from the word, if God has spoken it to me in my life, then his word is good with me and he will bring it to pass. No matter if anybody else has ever got it before or not, if he spoke it to you, his word, he will watch over it and he will perform it. Amen. And so it, there is a saving faith. Then there's a general faith and that faith that has as if you want your faith uh, to rise, you know, you've got to get in the word of God. And as you get in the word of God, that gift of faith will rise in you. There have been times in my life whenever I was in uh, extreme situations and it wasn't what a preacher preached, it wasn't what a singer had sung, but it was in my private time with God that I would remember the truths of God's word and I would begin to speak those words of truth that he had taught me, amen, and as I did, I felt something begin to rise up in me that would get militant, that would get angry, that would get violent at the, the spirits that had come against me and I would begin to declare with boldness the word of God concerning those situations. It was that general faith, not because of something I had felt uh, in the spirit, but because I believed the word of God that he had given me. Amen. And so uh, we have to have that kind of faith. It needs to be uh, a lifestyle to study the word of God and allow that life of faith to rise up in you. Right. Many times we, we expect to come to church and see the miraculous, but yet there is no faith in the house. Amen. I've told you over and over during this series that, uh, that uh, you know, it's hard whenever you go to a place and you can't tell the difference between the church and a funeral service. And if you ain't never seen it, then you can go with me because I've been to some of them. Amen. It's very difficult. It don't matter what you do. If there is if there is no faith in the house, then you can have a word from God and yet nothing happen. Because it is faith and prayer that summons or draws from you the anointing of God for that hour. And so you can tell if somebody has been reading the word. You can tell if somebody has been seeking God by the demand that is put upon the presence of God for that service. Amen. And what are you saying? I'm saying that when you go into a house, you can have, you can feel a spirit of expectation that people are expecting to receive something from God or are they just there as a social gathering? Amen. How many know that there was a whole lot of people gathered that day when that woman with the issue of blood got healed? Said she had to press her way through the crowd. There was so many people gathered for church, but there was only one that came that the Bible indicates. There was only one that came to receive. 
And so it was her pressing in that she came and she put a demand. She had heard Jesus about Jesus. She puts a demand upon that. Her faith is, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Amen. You see, it is the power of expectation that whenever we begin to expect God to do a thing and we believe God's word because if he said it, he'll bring it to pass. It's finalized. We may not know when, but we're expecting any moment for it to take place. then we begin to put uh, our faith out there and believe God to do the supernatural at any moment. Amen. It's glorious for us to come together such as we are here tonight. But I want to tell you that you don't have to be in the church setting to see God do something supernatural. But our problem is this. We want to go on feelings too much. Amen. Amen. If we feel it, then we think that it's all right. But can I share this with you tonight? I, I don't always feel nothing when I'm preaching. Woo, pastor, we need to get a new preacher. Now, I'm just being real. Amen. I don't always feel, sometimes I get it three, you know, three or four days ahead of time. Sometimes when I leave here on Sunday, I can't wait to get back to Wednesday because I know God's doing something. There's other times whenever I don't feel nothing. But I don't come in in the mully grubs and say, you know, oh, well, I don't know. Let's just go to Dairy Queen and count it a day. Because the word of God is powerful. And so even whenever I don't feel anything, I speak the word by faith because I know the word of God will work even when I don't feel nothing. Amen. Why? Because the word is alive. The word is powerful. It is quick and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so then, therefore, I start out by my faith. And somewhere in the midst of my faith, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come and begin to honor the word that I have spoken in faith. And he begins to perform what we have spoken because of his word will not return to him void. Amen. And so it isn't, we don't go on faith. Feelings, because if you go on feelings, you'll be a basket case all your life. Amen. But I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. And so if I know am so certain of that, how come I cannot be certain that I know that I'm healed? That I know that I'm delivered. That I know that the answer is on the way. That I know now it may not come at the moment that I think it ought to come, but I have faith against that wall. And as long as I keep faith against that wall, it is going to crack and it's going to crumble. But I cannot grow weary. I cannot have one confession in the church and have another confession at home. Come on, somebody. I can't, can't confess it for two or three days a week or a month and then just let it go. But just because it has not yet manifested in the natural does not mean that it's not manifesting in the spirit. And so therefore, what I've declared and what I have believed God's word to do, I hold on to that promise. And even though my eyes have not seen it, my spirit has comprehended it. And so therefore, I will speak it by faith until I see what I've seen in the spirit manifest in the flesh because I know God is watching over that word and he is going to bring it to pass. Amen. And so 
it, you know, some people say, well, it's just, that's just name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. Well, I'd rather have that any day than down in the mouth. You can call it what you want to. <laughs> say what you want to. But the Bible's too full of the times whenever he declares to us, you shall say, you shall have what, what you say. Amen. You shall have what you say. And so if I say, I'm a day late and a dollar short. If I say, I can't win for losing. If I say, nothing good ever happens to me. Come on. I'm prophesying my future. I'm speaking to my future. I'm determining what's going to happen in my future. And so I have to watch over it. And by faith, even though that the feelings may not be that, I declare that God's word is true. And so he is going to do what he said he was going to do. Amen. And so the gift of faith is something that's different than natural faith or a uh, normal faith. It's not just the faith of, of hearing the word and speaking the word by faith, but there is also a gift of faith that will rise up in you. And that gift of faith goes against all natural odds. It don't make any common sense. Amen. It, it don't, it don't uh, whenever you look at the circumstance and it's beyond just believing the word, but the gift of faith rises up in you and you begin to declare by that gift of faith what God is desiring to do. Amen. Uh, just an example, an example. You, you can look and by faith you can pray for somebody to be healed of cancer. And believe God and by faith in his word, you believe that that cancer is going to die and dry up. But then there is another season when the anointing, when the gifts of the spirit begin to flow and the gift of faith rises up. No longer is it just about the word of God. Yes, it is based upon the word, but now you're operating in another realm that you are declaring, even though that it looks like the cancer is worse than it's ever been, you declare in that season that the gift of faith is operating. You speak the words of life and not death. Amen. And by faith, you, you activate that gift. And then we look and see that you have to have faith also to receive a miracle. If you don't have faith, then you, and that gift of faith is not there, you know that your feelings may have you so oppressed, the circumstances may have you so down. But brother, when that gift of faith rises up in you, I'm telling you, it'll cause you to reach out and grab a hold of that miracle and begin to bring it into your life and you'll see the supernatural begin to take place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so by faith, there is different levels of faith, but when we begin to walk in this gift of faith, it begins to, for us, we begin to receive things in the spirit. We begin to receive miracles. We begin to receive our healing. We receive our deliverance. We receive what we need when we operate in that gift of faith, amen, that begins to move in our lives, amen. And so I just wanted to speak that tonight because sometimes I have, um, seen times whenever God has uh, allowed me to see what is to happen in a service, but it does not happen in a service because people don't grab hold of it. 
all God can do is make it available. It's up to us to receive it. I got a whole lot of weight off of me a long time ago whenever I quit trying to determine how good I preach by the response of people. Because it ain't my responsibility to make get you to respond. It's my responsibility to share the word. Amen. And so whenever I got that load up off of me, I realized it's not my worry. It's not my job. Do I want you to respond? Yes. Why? Because I care about you. Because I want you blessed. Because I want to see the enemy defeated and see God arise in your life. But the reality is that's not up to me. That is up to every individual. Amen. As we come and we hear the word of God, it's up to us to respond to the word of God. Amen. And, and I want to tell you that the enemy is going to always rage against you. There's seasons. Our life is ebbs and flows. It's mountain peaks and it's valleys. It's ups and it's downs. It's a wave of in and then out. But it's up to us to have a balanced life in God that when we're on the mountaintop, we rejoice, but we don't go so high that we bottom out. That we learn how to walk life in balance, right? And even though that things may not be so good, we know God is good. And so we keep on walking with him. But the closer that you get to your victory, the greater the enemy is going to come against you. And that's when you have to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Now, we talked about this chapter. I think we've got over to about chapter five, haven't we? And uh, in chapter six of Acts, it says, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews uh, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good report, uh, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. Verse 4, But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to ministry of the word. Now, here it is, uh, the first time that we see discrimination uh, in the scriptures, I believe. Uh, definitely here in the New Testament, in this New Testament church. And we see that there was an issue that had arisen and it was a legitimate concern, right? There was not being the neglect of the daily distribution. There was things that weren't uh, properly right. And, and so, but he said, uh, it isn't good for us to take care of these type of things. We, we, we've got to, it's not that it's not important, but we've got something more important that we've got to do. What is that? He says, we give ourselves continually to prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. Amen. 
There is other people that are anointed, full of the Holy Spirit. They can do this ministry of reaching out and, and taking care of these widows and taking care of these, these situations here in the church. But he said, we are, we are not going to remove ourselves from prayer and the word. He sets a precedence. He sets the priority. He shows us how important that it is that we do not neglect the prayer and the word of God. Amen. There can be a lot of things in our life that will try to pull us away. There's a lot of things. How many be honest and say, yeah, there's a lot of things pulling on me. Amen. It might be your work. It might be uh, children. It might be circumstances. It might be health. There's all kinds of things that will pull at you that will cause you to feel like that you don't have time for the word. You don't have time to pray. You don't have time to study. But the enemy knows that you're getting close to your breakthrough. He knows that faith is starting to build in your heart, that, that God is doing a work. The Holy Spirit is in you, directing you. And if he can get you away from the word that your faith is going to be built up and if he can get you away from prayer, talking to God, then he can get you off course where that you will not be able to receive the blessing that God has for you. Amen. So we have to continue in the word of God. And the Bible says that the word of God spread and then verse seven and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly from Jerusalem and great many of of the priests were obedient to the faith. In other words, if you notice here in the book of Acts, it says that they were added to the church, but now they are multiplied to the church. Why is this happening? Because they are continuing in prayer and the word of God. Amen. They're there and they, they uh, know the word of God. They know the promise of God. They have a relationship daily with uh, Father God and the Holy Spirit upon their lives. And now they, they are not about to give this up, but they continue. And in doing so, the kingdom of God is expanded. Amen. Then we go on over and we see that in chapter 7, says that then he gave him a covenant of circumcision and Abraham uh, became, and so Abraham became and got Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day and Isaac begot Jacob and Jacob begot the 12 patriarchs and the patriarchs became envious and sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. Amen. Now, I want to tell you today that whenever God is with you, it doesn't matter what your present day situation is. He's going to bring you out. He's going to take care of you. David said it like this. I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Amen. Whenever you get closer to the promise, the enemy is going to fight you. In chapter 7 and verse 8, it said, But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people drew, uh, grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose and did not know Joseph. And this man dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies so that they might not live at the time that Moses was born. And so here in this verse 19, he's talking to us and says that the enemy will try to kill the next generation. 
He will try to destroy your seed. Amen. But don't you know God has a sense of humor? I know some people don't know that, but God does. Because in verse 21, they put out Moses and look who takes him, Pharaoh's daughter, right? And puts him away and takes care of her, him as her own son. And so now because they would not give up on prayer and they would not give up on the word of God because they were obedient to the heavenly call and the Holy Spirit was working upon their life. Now the enemy's trying to push them back, trying to get them to stop, trying to oppress them. But God continues to raise them up and bring them to a place of coming out because they have been faithful. I want to just say tonight that the word of God is faithful over our lives. And even though when the enemy rages against us, it does not matter how he rages, God is greater than that. Amen. Amen. I said he is greater than that. And I know that the voice of the enemy gets to roaring. The louder, the, the closer we get, the louder his voice gets. And the more voices that we hear. But I want you to know tonight that as we continue to be faithful to the word of God and the promise of God and the Holy Spirit that not only abides upon us, but abides within us. Amen. We will not turn back and go to Egypt. We will not give in, but we will hold on to the promise that God has given given us. Amen. The Bible says in verse 39, this is an interesting and then I'm going to, we'll go on here, but he says in verse 39, that their hearts had turned back to Egypt. He said, our forefathers didn't obey, but rejected and their hearts had turned back to Egypt. They are still in the wilderness, but their hearts were in Egypt. It's about the act of faith. You can be sitting in the church, singing all the songs, saying amen, but if your heart isn't there, if your heart isn't receiving, because we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our soul from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, so whenever you, if you want to find out somebody's heart, you don't talk to them on Sunday, you talk to them on Monday. Because on Sunday, we're all blessed, highly favored of the Father. Thank you, Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost and on our way to heaven. But are you talking like that on Monday? Are you speaking words of life or speaking words of death? Amen. And, and tonight, I just this is what I want you to do, understand. I want you to understand that it's not about us. It's about the Holy Spirit in us. I want you to understand it's about the word of God. It's about the promises of God that are true and are yes and amen. Amen. And so we trust his word. We believe his word and we refuse for our hearts to be in Egypt when God has taken us into a land of plenty. Amen. We refuse to be in a place of lack when God has taken us into a place of blessing. We refuse to allow the enemy to discourage us and cause fear to grip our hearts while God is desiring to about tomorrow about this time is about to open the floodgates in our life. Amen. And so you see, uh, many times we give up on the word of God about the time that God is about ready to do it. About ready to save, about ready to heal, about ready to answer, about ready to minister. Amen. 
And yet many times we stop short of that and we turn our confession and we begin to declare what our flesh is telling us instead of what our spirit knows. And even in difficult times, we've got to stand in the word of God. Amen. Stand in the word of God. Stand in the promises of God. And know that God is going to minister. Amen. Let me just share this to encourage you in your faith. And then I want to pray with those who need prayer tonight. We, uh, this last, in, in 2006, I was in uh, Ghana. And we went into the Bush area and I don't know how much of this was shared, but I'll just be real short and brief. But uh, while I was there, we put up a tent and they, um, nobody would come under the tent. I asked the people that they would stand out in the perimeter. I could hear, see them, but they would not come under the tent. Maybe a hundred people was under the tent. And, uh, all of these other people. So I asked them and nobody would tell me. They said, we don't know. We don't know. And finally, on the second day, uh, the people, one of the village people told us, said, well, don't you know? And I said, no, I wouldn't be asking if I knew and through this interpreter. And uh, he told me, he said, well, I think it was two months ago. Uh, their missionaries come through here. Uh, they killed three of them. And these people are afraid that if they connect with Christianity, they too will be killed. And uh, so uh, I began to pray that night. And as I began to pray about concerning what to do and uh, if I was going to do anything, get back on the plane and go home or I could stay there and share the gospel. Uh, but in the midst of the night, I wish I could tell you there wasn't any doubt in my mind. But I tell you honestly that I struggled through that night about what to do. As I laid there on the bed that night, I felt the gift of faith rise up in me. And I declared over the spirit of fear that had come into my room and tried to grip me and take my very breath from me. I declared by faith and believed as that gift of faith rose up that I would declare the word of the Lord. I would preach the gospel. And so I got up the next morning. I asked them for a megaphone. They went to uh, somewhere and got me a megaphone and I went to the street and began to preach the gospel. As I preached the gospel, I seen uh, a man that was crippled there and he came and, and God graciously healed him. Uh, a man that was uh, deaf was healed or, and there was a blind man, a blind uh, lady that I prayed for and I asked her if she is healed and she said, I will be healed tonight. And <laughs> I said, if that's your faith, then so be it to you. Uh, and so, uh, but the people started seeing that and they started receiving the word of God. Uh, that night, uh, when the crusade time came, the tent was full. Many people came to the Lord. Uh, that lady that told me that she would be healed tonight, she came afterwards and she let me know through the interpreter that she had received her sight. Amen. Uh, the next night, we, that afternoon, we put up another tent. There was two tents there. And the next night, um, both of those tents were full. Uh, many came to Christ that night. On the third night, the entire 
tents and all of the ground which you could see was full. And there was over 3,000 people in those three days that gave their heart to the Lord. I say that to tell you that had I stayed in that bed and never preached the gospel, I'm not going to say that nobody would have ever reached them with the gospel, but I had a responsibility to reach them with the gospel. And their lives are forever changed because the gift of faith rose up. It wasn't something I had done, but the gift of faith rose up. And I said, I'm going to declare the word of the Lord. And I seen those people being delivered. I seen the miracles taking place. I seen them coming by the hundreds to receive Christ. And I grabbed hold of that and brought it in and believed God and God did it. Amen. Now I want, I want to say that in this regard. Whenever you're getting closer to your miracle, the enemy is going to throw every obstacle that he can up to you. He's going to try to make war in your house. He's going to try to get through your children. He'll work through your job. He'll work through circumstances and do whatever he can. There is nothing off limits to your enemy. You understand? He will use whatever he can. But I come tonight and through these weeks of preaching the book of Acts to tell you that you've got to have that boldness that we talked about last week. You've got to have the word of God. Hide your word in your heart. Trust in the word. Believe in the word. And even when circumstances tell you it's not so, quote the word. Speak the word and believe God to bring it to pass in your life. Amen. Praise God. And that's, that's what I want to tell you tonight. That's my, my faith and that's my word. And, and now I just want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I want to believe God with you. Because I believe that we are in a time. And I'm just uh, not to get into all the business, but I'm just in a time in my own life. And I'm believing God for the miraculous. I am believing God for the miraculous. I am believing God for the supernatural. Believing God that as we speak the word, miracles are going to take place. Amen. I don't know if you know it or not, but if you have any spiritual perception at all, you can tell that the atmosphere in this house has been shifting these past five weeks. And God is creating an atmosphere within us and faith is beginning to rise in our hearts. And I'm telling you, we are not here just to feel good. We're here to see the miraculous take place. We're here to see the supernatural perform. And I know that God is going to do it. Amen. I know that God is going to do it. And so tonight, if, if faith is risen in your heart, you're just believing God for something. Uh, I just felt all day long. I, I, I have plenty I could speak on, believe me. But I just felt like that our time together here tonight needed to be a time of prayer. So if you've been believing God, you've been trusting God, something you've been holding on to, or if there's something in your spirit that faith has just risen up in your heart and you're believing the Lord for, I just want us to pray over that tonight and just believe God to do it.
Amen. Just believe God to do it. It's just that simple. Just believe God to do it. And He will. It's not a hard thing for God. Amen. It's not a hard thing for God. So if you have a special need, you would like for us to join with you in prayer about tonight. I'd like for you to come, want to come into agreement with you and believe God for that to happen for you tonight.